Season six of the CMO Suite is presented by Bid for Media. Bid for Media is the leader in providing biddable media solutions across all forms of media, including traditional, digital, social, experiential, and more. It's like eBay for media. Choices from radio and TV advertising to OTT, trade desk, display advertising, influencer marketing, and more. No sign-up fees, no boring training, no bullshit. Visit them at bidformedia.com. Season six of the CMO Suite is also sponsored in part by Uconnects. Uconnects provides managed services in the programmatic space for brands and agencies across the U.S. and internationally. It uniquely provides true transparency in the programmatic space by sharing how much of each campaign actually goes to publishers, platform, and how much is profit. If you are looking to better understand true working dollars or are just looking for an audit of your existing digital partnerships, visit them at uconnects.com. That's Y-O-U-C-O-N-N-E-X.com. And Winmo. Winmo is one of the leading sales prospecting tools that delivers the information you need to identify opportunities and close more deals with advertisers and agencies. Search brands, agencies, or contacts and leverage Winmo's smart filters to pare down thousands of prospects based on annual revenue, job title, locations, mobile occurrence, planning periods, and more. Visit them today at winmo.com. And finally, No Kid Hungry. With season six, we'll be completing our 100th episode of the CMO Suite, and we're proud to announce we'll be compiling highlights of our previous guests for a book called CMO Suites, Recipes for Success, with proceeds to benefit the No Kid Hungry organization. Help feed hungry kids by donating today at nokidhungry.org. And don't forget to visit Marketing Cast to catch any previous seasons you might have missed of the CMO Suite or to check out other amazing podcasts in the industry. Once again, that's marketingcasts.com. Now, let's start the show. You're in the CMO Suite, the podcast for marketers who want to be in the know, presented by Connectivity Holdings. You are listening to the CMO Suite. This is your host, Sean Halter. We are kicking off season six. It is amazing that with this season, we will actually reach 100 episodes, and I am super, super excited to have as my guest today. It's a guest I've actually been trying to have on for a couple years now. He may not even know that, but he's been on... All of the really great podcasts. Uh, he was on Josh's this year, Josh Golden's Eureka. He was on Nadine Dietz. I, I soaked up some of that information there, and I'm super excited to have him on the show today. It's Todd Kaplan, VP over at PepsiCo. How are you, Todd? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Sean? I'm great. Thank you again. Uh, you talked on Josh's show. We're going to jump into it in just a few minutes. You talked on Josh's show about the Super Bowl. I can't wait to talk about that and the weekend and just the craziness of COVID. Yeah. And then... Now, lo and behold, I'm doing this little tiny podcast and I can't get my Microsoft Teams to work. <laughs> and we just, we're going to switch to Microsoft Teams this year from Zoom. And then, yeah, you know, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're, uh, we're, all, we're all in on the Zoom over here. And it's, uh, this, is, this is the world we're living in right now, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. It is the world we live in. And Todd, the craziest thing for me is I look back at your history. First of all, you went to a couple of little small schools, right? You know, yeah. you, uh, you went to Northwestern, right? And then yeah. this thing is, it, I, I don't know how to pronounce, is it Yali? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not entirely yes. sure. It's Yale. It's yes. Yale. <laughs> do you remember, I don't want to say, do you remember back then not to date you, but do you remember your time in college? Do you, and, and what do you think? What do you think about when you think back to your time at Northwestern and, and Yale? Well, it's, it's interesting just because um, yeah, I'm from Southern California. 
uh, originally. So going actually to do my undergrad at Northwestern, where it's outside of Chicago, was a bit of a wake-up call just weather-wise alone. You can imagine the sub-zero temperatures walking around there and all that coming from SoCal. You know, college is a is a great time. I was there was a was an econ major trying to figure out what I wanted to do and got into this, discovered marketing and, and advertising and actually ended up starting a couple businesses while I was there to really figure out how to get more experience in that area and just continued to just throw and, and do up most people do in college, which is also uh, lounging around and going to football games and all, all that stuff. One of the things I, one of the stories I had heard about your time in college, again, a lot of us go, we think we're going to end up in a certain industry and then you're, you know, you're not sure you finish, you end up going somewhere else, but you actually did, you started your first business in marketing, yeah. literally in college, you, you, you and a group of guys or, or friends. Yeah said, hey, they need help with certain stuff. Let's do that here. And then it expanded into other people actually saying, hey, you guys are a bunch of smart college people. Can we use you? Is that right? Yeah, it was It was kind of cool. It was, um, you know, not to like fully date myself, but like back in the day in college campuses, they used to literally tape papers all over the freaking campus, the walls and the student center and to advertise like, hey, the student show's coming on here or this acapella group or this meeting is, is happening here, student government, whatever. And so there was basically two unmet needs. One was there was this idea of the advertising for student groups on campus was not very good. And two was for people like myself who said, oh, I want a creative outlet. I want to get into marketing, advertising, all of that. You know, I don't have a portfolio. And so I wanted to work on something and I'm starting to screw around with Photoshop or things like that, just play around. And so we started this thing called Ad Shop and became basically the first student run ad agency in the country, um, servicing our other on-campus student groups. And the thing grew gangbusters and then became helping local businesses in Evanston to reach the college market. And it became a, a whole thing. And it was a uh, was, was pretty awesome experience and a lot of fun and had a lot of great memories of that. You went, you went from there then back out West and you worked at, uh, was it Millsport yep. for a bit? And then That's really right. from there, you jumped right into to PepsiCo, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, my background's in sports marketing. Where I was when I was working with Millsport out west, was working on the Visa International business, all the global sports marketing, the uh, Olympic Games, and, and things like that. Great learning ground uh, and getting into sports marketing as my background. Coming out east for business school and then finding PepsiCo, I never would have thought at that time I would have still been at PepsiCo. Fifteen years later, it sounds absolutely insane, even saying that out loud, and I feel like a dinosaur. But it's uh, you know, PepsiCo has been great over the years and rotating and stretching into new assignments and uh it's been it's been a really fun experience and been a great ride well and so that's part of the beauty again to to your point it's unusual for somebody to stay somewhere so long but the fact that you have a has created obviously a sense of legacy and longevity there but at the same time it seems as if have you as you've continued to evolve the brand has done the same right there along with you and so you take this great legacy brand that was that has been around a very 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 long time and at some point you know, again, perhaps over the last 10 or 15 years, I don't want to give you all 100% of the credit, but I know you've played a part. They started to almost become a challenger brand and you start to really evolve. And really within the last few years with technology, gosh, you guys have just, you've just jumped all in and really doing some just crazy stuff that really helps the brand kind of stand out. And by crazy, I just mean at the forefront of saying, yep, we're, we're a historical brand, but at the same time, we, we want to be part of the culture and part of the community. 
And there was something you even posted on one of your LinkedIn pages today about this new portfolio thing that you guys are putting out with the product. I don't know exactly what the what the correct vernacular is, but you guys kind of rebranded some of the some of the cans. Yeah, no, we've done. Uh, I mean, we've had a, a range of things, and I think as you as you flagged, it's been a uh, it's been an awesome journey. You know, right now I lead the the Pepsi brand here in North America, and um, you know, coming in, it's no mistake. The cola has been a uh, a challenging category historically uh, over the last decade plus in the United States. So coming in, really trying to kick the tires and figure out how we can kind of get this brand back with its cultural relevancy, uh, really install the, the challenger mindset into our whole team across the board. And, and I've really, um, you know, it's really been consumer led across everything we've done. And I've done some really, really fun, like I said, some challengers, some really disruptive, some, some kind of fun, different things over the last few years. And you know, I'm happy to report we've been growing for, you know, 13 straight quarters of growth and our equity is doing great. Our cultural buzz is, is where we want it. So we're, we're feeling great about the progress we're making. It's good to be at the forefront, but at the same time, you got to put the numbers in, right? It, it has to work ultimately at the end of the day. You know, we've yeah. got football season right here is with us. I want to talk a bit about the, the Super Bowl and just the amount of pressure and stress that must potentially go along with that. You, you guys are it. You, you can't get really, I don't think, any higher than that other than, you know, in the U.S. certainly. But... Uh, as you guys kick off, it's the Stapper Dan thing. That was the thing I think I was kind of talking about. And so talk about that for just a moment, if you can, where you guys, where that concept even maybe came from and how you guys really have kind of involved, uh, evolved into being part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, of course. And Dapper Dan is a, uh, you know, he's an iconic designer in Harlem. You know, we thought there was a really interesting opportunity this year. We've, we have this platform around our, our NFL sponsorship that we've uh, really built over the last couple of years called uh, Made for Football Watching, which is is really celebrating the at-home viewing experience of our fans and people who unapologetically just enjoy, you know, hours upon hours of football at home watching. And so we thought, given that this year, actually, you know, the start of the season is at the exact same time as the start of New York Fashion Week, uh, we thought it was a great opportunity to partner with this iconic designer, Dapper Dan, to make kind of this, call it athleisure wear, you know, or this kind of, uh, how would you uh, up your couch watching game with uh, the, the gear you're wearing? And so he did his iconic kind of, repeat logo design with uh, incorporating Pepsi, his own look and feel into it. And we made a number of different elements. So we made a very limited edition run of these things. And actually, we just found out today they just sold out in six minutes. This thing just went crazy. And uh, so it's been it's been a lot of fun doing things like that. And a lot of these unexpected collabs. Myself, I'm a big um, sneakerhead. So uh, these ideas of uh, collabs and these little limited product drops, you know, we've done like Pepsi peeps and all these kind of fun things over the years. It's been uh, it's been fun. You've earned the right, it seems like, Todd, to be able to to do just that, which is to think a little bit outside the box and to be able to take something like this Dapper Dan thing and 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 feel comfortable to have somebody kind of rethink the brand a little bit. And so not only does obviously the, the people who you ultimately end up reporting to, but but even to yourself, it's got to feel kind of good. And you can't do that if you're at a different place every couple of years. The fact that you've been there for so long, the fact that you are, you're part of the fabric of that that just has to be invigorating, which again is probably another reason why you've you've stayed there for so long to know that you've got that trust and they have that trust in you that that you know Jen say is is a kind of cut from that same cloth to some extent over at Levi's. It's just somebody who I have so much respect for and she ble- you know she bleeds for that for that brand. Yeah, it's one of those things that um, PepsiCo is just we have such great talent through the whole company. And what's interesting is you could look at you know I've been around here for 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 quite a while, obviously rotating in different roles from Mountain Dew to sports marketing, energy. Even before this role, I led our uh, water portfolio where I started a couple new brands: uh, Bubbly Sparkling Water, uh, Life Water. You know these are big new brands that we started. It was a very different experience. 
very entrepreneurial again, kind of starting new brands to now turning around kind of an iconic story brand in, in Pepsi. And so I think having all these different experiences at a place like PepsiCo and knowing all the stakeholders and how we do it, it's it's been great. And it's really, um, to your point, uh, I bleed blue and it's been a, a great, great experience. Talk about the Super Bowl for just a second. And so yeah. again, that that <laughs> seems to be something that is an important part. How I, I remember talking to Casey Herbis uh, over at Rocket Mortgage and kind of how far out they seem to kind of work for their own thing that they do on the Super Bowl side, which is obviously very different than the halftime show that you guys do. But how far out do you guys start working on that? And what does that collaborative process kind of look like from, from your standpoint, Todd? Yeah, you know, the Super Bowl is, as a big NF, longstanding NFL partner, the Super Bowl has been a constant part of our plans as a, as a company, I'd say over the years, you know, even years back, you know, we launched Life Water on the Super Bowl when I was on the water business. We've had big iconic Pepsi ads. Like when I first came onto the brand, when we, uh, we did this challenger campaign uh, called "Is Pepsi's Okay?" Is Pepsi Okay with Cardi B and Steve Carell and and the whole thing? Um, you know, we've we've done a range of different things over the years, but I think in recent years on the brand, what we've really started leaning into much more is the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, which is we have this storied history in music as a brand with brand Pepsi, and uh, there's quite literally no bigger stage than the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Every year, it's the most viewed event, most talked about event. It quite literally is the Super Bowl of the Super Bowl. Right, it's the highest rated part of the Super Bowl at halftime, if you can believe it. So, with all that, we've really leaned in to try to reinvent that platform. A couple of years ago, we partnered with the NFL to bring in Rock Nation and Jay Z to really help up our our cultural relevance and and how we talk about you know the talent and how we secure these people. We've done a really great job of connecting a lot of those things. You know, back to J Lo and Shakira a couple of years ago, and even as recently as this last year with the weekend. Throughout it all, we've really reinvented the model a little bit to even extend it beyond the the 12-minute show itself and doing a lot more starting in in January and these immersive experiences. Actually, in a in a few weeks on Showtime, this documentary we're producing uh, called The Show is going to be airing. We've chronicled the making of the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show with The Weeknd, which it's uh, you're not going to want to miss it on a, on Showtime in a couple of weeks. So uh, we, we have a lot of fun with that platform. It's been great. There's one of you. And so how do you manage that? You know, again, whether you're the CMO of a massive organization or you're the CMO of a, you know, kind of an up and coming organization, we all feel pressures. We all feel stress. You add in again, this whole new COVID element of teams not even being in the same buildings anymore. How do you manage that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a little crazy at times, but I, I would say, um, you know, one thing I think that's the silver lining of the whole pandemic is that this whole Zoom culture is, or Microsoft Teams, apparently, if that's what you're, you see Zoom, using it. So. Zoom, we tried it once. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, this, this virtual connected culture actually, I think, has brought people closer together as much as it's also kept people apart. And what I mean by that is you get this window into people's lives, right? You see their dogs, their kids, their living rooms, their casual wear. You know, I've, I haven't worn shoes for a freaking year. I, I mean, it's like, I this is my work attire. I'm wearing a hat and a hoodie right now. You know, it's like, yeah. it's so, you get to know your team on a much different level. And I think because it's a bit of a shared experience that everyone's coping and dealing with all of this at the same time, there's a bit of a connectivity that as we've uh, gone through it all. Now, that being said, the flip side of it is 
crap, we're not together. It's a lot harder to have meetings and get consensus and keep keep the flow of information moving without formal connects and check-ins and all that kind of stuff. And so I think what we've really tried to do is really focus our team on you know becoming much more agile. We have a really, really big focus on this idea of agility, which is starting to everything we do with a culture lens first of listening to the consumer, seeing what's happening, because the way the world is changing so rapidly right now with you know, if you go through the typical five-month briefing, round one, round two, production, et cetera, the world looks different by the time you're ready to launch. And so you need to reinvent the model with your agencies, with your teams, and all that. So that's what we've really been focused on doing and I think has really helped enable us to be more successful throughout the pandemic and uh, and beyond as we're moving forward. You talked about something there that I want to go back to for just a second, Todd, which is the fact that we might be seeing through some of this a closeness that we just don't normally see. You said, you know, you don't you haven't really had to wear shoes too much. I can find your shoe sponsor. We know some people. But at the same time, it made me pause for a second. It did make me think about, especially with teams, that you do see a different side. Perhaps we've peeled away some of the layers of this, this is my giant glass box office and you can't, you know, you're not supposed to walk past these four people before you get to me. And, and, and geez, maybe these younger kids had something all along that we just weren't. Are you crying now because you're thinking of it, Todd? I know. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. But maybe they knew something all along that we just didn't know to some extent of like, I think it's great too, because it, um, at the end of the day, it all comes down to empathy right? And understanding people. And what's amazing is I can look at my team meeting and all the different Zoom boxes that are up there. Everyone is experiencing the same thing, but differently. I have people who are in a studio apartment in Manhattan who are just craving human interaction in the, in the thick of the pandemic. I have people who have double spouses doing work with kids doing homeschooling back in the, you know, doing all that. I have people who are traveling and they're staying at a at their parents' house in a different state somewhere else, you know, and so everyone is coping with um, all these changes differently. And that's what's great is it's allowed for a lot of flexibility. But at the end of the day, where we all connect is we all are on the same team and we're all working towards the same vision and, and same plans. And it's, it's been really great on that regard, being able to really connect on a deeper level with everyone. And we've made it fun too. We've had virtual happy hours and we, had, we even had a virtual team offsite where we would like fly to a different location. We change our Zoom backgrounds and we would I'd send everyone clothes to wear for a Hawaiian luau or a Vegas day or a, you know whatever it was going to be. So we, we've, we've had some fun with it too. What's next for, for the brand that you can talk about? What's next for you with the oh, brand? We, we got, I mean, we're always got something brewing on, on brand Pepsi. Obviously right now, we're in the thick of football season. So with the season starting and all the stuff really happening, we have a lot coming out. Around that, as you can see, we're starting already the planning for next year's halftime show. You asked about how long this takes I me. Mean, we've been actively working on that, and hopefully we'll have something to share shortly on that front. So, obviously, our whole next year's plan, whether it's new product innovation, um, new initiatives, campaigns, creative, a whole range of stuff that we're, we're working on. So we're always staying busy. Well, if you, if you want to see a winning team, I mean, you can come to Tampa. That is really where the, <laughs> the winning team seems to live. We'll see how it is see how the season goes but uh it was exciting for me to be able to see 
uh, uh, Brady and the and the Bucks uh, in my home, you know, basically my hometown of of Tampa, come back with that. And really, what an incredible halftime show that you guys have. Well, listen, Todd, I, I greatly, greatly appreciate you spending some time with me today. I greatly appreciate you talking to us a bit about your journey and your history there and absolutely. everything that you guys have done. I'm, I absolutely love everything that you're posting on LinkedIn. If you don't follow Todd on there, you should. The stuff you guys are doing again, it's just so innovative. It's so creative. I know that's not all you. Obviously, it's teams, no, teams, all and the teams, team. teams of people. It's it's in spite of me, just to be fair. <laughs> so, no, Listen, I, I'll take it. <laughs> but to have a brand that's that's like Pepsi and and have you guys really just be out there, really thinking that you are a leader. Take take a little bit of some credit for the fact that you've had some longevity there, and again, in doing so, you've been able to just play part part of the culture. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode as we kick off season six of the CMO Suite. Thanks for hanging out in the CMO Suite. The podcast for marketers who want to be in the know. Presented by Connectivity Holdings. You're a C-level manager. You shouldn't have to know the difference between behavioral or contextual targeting. But your agency should. Uconnect provides brands and biddable teams direct access to platforms like the Trade Desk, Google, Amazon, Facebook, OTT, and more. Their U.S.-based traders can train your in-house team or provide complete transparency with no minimums and CPM-based service pricing for true transparency, something Mighty Hive, The Trade Desk, and Centro simply don't offer. Tired of being the smartest one in the room? Reach out to Uconnects today for a free demo. Uconnects, the world's leader in true, transparent, biddable media. Season 6 of the CMO Suite is presented by Bid for Media. Bid for Media is the leader in providing biddable media solutions across all forms of media, including traditional, digital, social, experiential, and more. It's like eBay for media. Choices from radio and TV advertising to OTT, trade desk, display advertising, influencer marketing, and more. No sign-up fees, no boring training, no bullshit. Visit them at bidformedia.com. And Winmo. Winmo is one of the leading sales prospecting tools that delivers the information you need to identify opportunities and close more deals with advertisers and agencies. Search brands, agencies, or contacts and leverage Winmo's smart filters to pare down thousands of prospects based on annual revenue, job title, locations, mobile occurrence, planning periods, and more. Visit them today at winmo.com. And finally, No Kid Hungry. With season six, we'll be completing our 100th episode of the CMO Suite and we're proud to announce we'll be compiling highlights of our previous guests for a book called CMO Sweets, Recipes for Success, with proceeds to benefit the No Kid Hungry organization. Help feed hungry kids by donating today at nokidhungry.org.